Welcome to another episode of Are You Fucking Shitting Me? I'm April. And I'm Rachel. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I had my first week at work. Congratulations. That's awesome. How is your grad school going? Good. It's awesome. It's really interesting. And my other classmates are really inspiring. So hopefully we'll get a few of them on here to tell their stories because they're working on some really interesting projects and are just interesting people. So that's super cool. Yeah. I also want to talk to some of your teachers. Like, didn't you say there were some Mayan and Aztec experts? Yes, there is a Mayanologist. Is that what you call him? I don't know. Anyway, That's what I'm calling him from here <laughs> sure. on out. So there are a couple of new archaeology professors and one uh, specializes in Mayan culture and the other professor specializes in Aztec culture uh, just outside Mexico City. That's super cool because I so. think I told you, but you guys may not know. On our social media, I've been kind of just finding random interesting facts. And I found one in Smithsonian that says that Oxford University predates the Aztec civilization. Not saying the Aztec people, but the Aztec civilization by 300 years almost. And that blew my mind because we think of Aztec as ruins, but Oxford as current. So I found it kind of interesting. Here on Facebook, I get feedback by someone saying, this is whitewashing my history, et cetera, et cetera. This is another like false thing about Aztecs we were around before then. So I would love to talk to an expert and say, what do the archaeology digs say? I mean, the civilization was apparently 1325 is when the first major city started. And Oxford had their first class in 1090 or something ridiculous. So I I want to find out. Well, it'd be interesting to look at both of those things and see like, okay, what do they mean by class? Yeah. <laughs> so how how established was Oxford? I mean, yeah, I don't think it it's certainly not <laughs> certainly not the Oxford of today. Right. So what does that mean for Oxford and mm-hmm. what does that mean for Aztec culture? I agree with you. There's probably a lot more depth, which is why we started this podcast to bring yeah. in an expert and say, what well, the hell I'll, is going um, on? I'll contact her and maybe we could do her for the next episode. Cool. I'd love to learn more about it. And I'm always excited to hear about it. So anyway, grad school's going great because I'm around <laughs> tons of inspiring people. I just hope I can keep up because it's a lot of reading. So um, you guys might have heard, we're very excited that we uh, placed in the top 10 on the KCRW radio race. Yay. So we're really excited about that. Went into it not caring that much if we won than spending way too much time nitpicking. <laughs> uh, I gotta admit, I, I wanted to win from the get-go. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we'll see where it goes from here, but it's it's really great to be part of the top 10 because the other pieces are so great. Yeah. And uh, so it's really exciting to be with a group of such really awesome pieces. So. It's very exciting. It, it was such a fun experience. I'm really happy to see that all the hard work and April's long hours with Hindenburg, as we talked about, paying off. <laughs> Boy, that was crazy. (laughs) So this week, in honor of Labor Day, we thought that we would talk to someone who knows what it's like to work both in America and in another country. So we interviewed Dietmar Quistorf, who I work with, actually. And he is a German who has been living in America for the last 20-something years. And he has a lot to say about the difference between working in America and working in Germany. It's really interesting. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah, so let's take a listen. I'm Dietmar Christoph. I moved from Germany to America 
I'm here for uh, 22, 23 years, somewhere there. Originally, uh, I came here for to play a little bit of music. How does work life in Germany, how is it different than in America? Oh, it's, uh, it's quite a bit different. Uh, I would say the main difference is in uh, securities. Um, it's much easier in America to uh, fire somebody. That really surprised me because in Germany uh, it is not that easy to fire somebody, right? And the reason why, why it is so hard is because, you know, people's life depend on it. They have a house to pay for, they have a car. So when you have so much invested in life, then losing it all suddenly, right, from from one month to another, that it, it's, it's something uh, I would say Germans don't like. So the, the labor laws are a little bit more on the worker side. Being on time is uh, implemented into you as a child. Uh, when you're supposed to be somewhere at 6 o'clock, you are there at 6 o'clock, not at 5.30 and not at 6.30, no, exactly at 6 o'clock, within a couple of minutes. I have never worked so hard and so much in my life, and then I worked here. Hard work in form of working without paid vacation, working long, longer hours without, you know, being really compensated. In Germany, I mean, everybody goes, twice a year on vacation, they go three, four weeks on vacation. Just because everybody, when he starts a job, has that amount of vacation time, right? Uh, a vacation and, and getting away from work, relaxing, is a, is a big thing in Germany. So you are required to give somebody so much vacation. I think uh, nowadays uh, most people start with 28 days, no matter what job they do. You know, sometimes you need just time off uh, get a different uh, view in your head. Uh, let go of all the stress, right? And you go four weeks on vacation, and most Germans go and in Spain, France, to the beach, right? To see the sun. We don't have a lot of sun in Germany. And they come back with a different mindset because you had a chance to really exhale and relax. And I think it leads to probably uh, also better work productivity. Even sick days, uh, here you have a certain amount of sick days if you have any, uh, but over there is you go to the doctor if you're sick and then the company has to pay, I think, for four or five weeks. And if you're longer sick than four or five weeks, then it gets paid over the health insurance. In Germany, healthcare, everybody has healthcare. There's nobody that doesn't have healthcare. And if there is somebody, then it's his own fault, right? Because even if you're unemployed, you have health care. We have a, a retirement system. It's, I think it's a state-run retirement system, like similar to Social Security, where everybody pays in. And of course, if you work for bigger companies like General Motors or BMW or Mercedes, then there's a, an additional uh, company pension. In Germany, it used to be that, that all businesses all stores, whether it was bakeries, department stores, or anything, were, was meant, they had to close on Saturday 
and they had to be closed on Sunday, and they were closed half days on Wednesday. So there was no way for them to be open. It is the law. By, by doing that, you force, you give everybody the time off that they need, right? So because you, you can't get your workers in on the weekend to work because you are there's mandatory closure. So that gives everybody a chance to relax. We Germans are very direct and very honest when we, and we don't mean it in a bad way. That's just how the culture is. At least then you know where you're at, I know where I'm at, right? And, we, and then we sit down and try to solve it, right? And here, um, with, if you're very direct and very honest, people struggle with that. I, I got a lot of times people tell me that I have no tact. And, and it's not true, it's just, uh, it felt to me like people were always trying to, they're trying to tell you something, but in a really nice way, they were talk, beating around the bush, I would call it. Usually you go to a job and you try to stay there your whole life, right? Or you buy a car in Germany and you, dr you drive that car for 10, 20 years. You buy a house in Germany, and that's usually the, the house that you live in for the rest of your life. And here in America, you know, it's, it's very interesting because uh, people move a lot. And they buy a new car every three to five years. It's uh, very different, the dynamics. For years, I never needed any bathing, swimming pants or something. The first time I needed it was when I came to America. I had to buy one, right? because it's, Europe is different. We go to our beaches, we go to our lakes, everybody's naked, that's just how it is. Even at lunchtime, when you have an hour, hour and a half lunchtime, people go swim in the lake somewhere, and, and co-workers, everybody, you know, you just, you don't need clothes, you take your clothes off, you go swim, it's, it's not a big deal. Capitalism has its price, you know, I'm not a German. Germans, German is socialism, which which is almost a bad word here in America. I always look at capitalism. Capitalism for me is almost is like when you play Monopoly. You remember that game, Monopoly, and uh, the end outcome is somebody has all the money and everybody else is broke. Right? That would that is the concept of capitalism without checks and balances, right? So you need checks and balances for, for it not to happen, right? And I mean, I like capitalism, but uh, sometimes I feel it gets a little bit out of control, right? Like when all our houses, the house market crashed, checks and balances were taken away, right? And then the, the average worker, the average people suffer under it, right? They lose their retirement, they lose their homes, it's greed, it's, uh, uh, I mean, there's greedy people everywhere in life, right? But you, you gotta check them, but in, 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 um, in Germany it is much, much more controlled. Germany has a very, very strong middle class. Yeah, there, there are rich people and there are poorer people, but uh, the middle class is really, really strong. You don't, in Germany, you don't drive from a nice neighborhood suddenly one uh, another block and you're in completely poor towns. That's, that, I, I've never seen that. I'm not saying it doesn't exist somewhere in Germany, but generally 
this is not the case. Because people, it, it's not that easy to fall off the bandwagon, right? There's a, a lot of systems to, to, to catch up. Most people probably work for bigger companies. To start your own business, let's say you, let's say you're, you're a car mechanic, right? And you open a business. If you want to hire an employee to help you with it, then you have to be, then you have to have a license that says you're a, a master mechanic, because otherwise you would never be allowed to even hire an employee to help you. So it's a little bit different, right? But then when you go in Germany, let's say to a mechanic, you know this guy was really trained. He went through all these trainings and knows what he's doing. He, here, everybody can open a car mechanic job. You might get a good mechanic, you don't know. Sometimes you might not, you know, the guy doesn't know what he's doing, right? Now that I've seen both systems, uh, I think each has, has its advantages and disadvantages, right? If I wanted to open a business, uh, uh, definitely America, no question about it, because it gives me more flexibility. I can move faster. I can uh, fulfill my dreams faster and without so many roadblocks. You can be successful from one day to another, right? In, in Germany, it's, it's very slow. The, the tracks are set, you know? It, it doesn't have the flexibility to move like, like here. But if you're a worker and you want security, then definitely Germany is the, would be the better place for you. Okay, well, that's Dietmar's experience of working in the United States and in Europe. And I think it's really interesting that he likes, you know, even though there's all that security in Germany and there's so many benefits for workers, he prefers being here because of the flexibility and freedom to pursue artistic things, creative things, start a business. He does do side projects outside of his job, so he's always working on other things. He's a filmmaker and a musician. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that if you're kind of a creative, take a chance kind of person, the American system works out for you. I'd like a happy medium. Yeah, me too. I feel like that's what we should have. In fact, on the way home today, I was listening to Marketplace, the NPR show about business. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the jobs reports that just came out. They had a guest on who was talking about how wages haven't risen. No, for what, 30 years? A long time. Yeah. I also think, and I don't know, I didn't listen to what they talked about, but I think that we can also market to when corporations started having civil liberties. Because around that same time, unions started going out of fashion the workers' rights really went down. So I know like there's people that love the trickle-down theory, and that's great in theory, but human nature isn't really showing us that it trickles down. So CEOs, even though the workers' wages have stayed up, CEOs' wages have gone up hundreds of percentages. Yeah, and they um, they also talked about uh, Trump's plan for the 15% tax break for corporations, <sighs> which uh, the commentator was quick to say, no, that has never worked, ever. That hasn't ever been the case, and it's not going to be the case. I don't get this whole thing anyways with the tax cuts. I mean, I do. I get why billionaires want these tax cuts, but people that are big Reaganite fans, like his taxes, corporate taxes under him were like 30%. 
and they're not even barely double digits right now. So it's crazy to think that for some reason, taxes have been going up on these corporate in the corporate world. It's good marketing. It's great marketing. It's a real nice way to spin it if you're a billionaire and you have the money to spin it. But it's not true. Reagan's taxes were much higher than what we were looking at even under Obama. So Maybe chill out on these tax breaks. <laughs> Anyways, getting real yeah, political. Yeah, but. like Dietmar says, take a vacation and relax. Yeah. We've talked about Richard Branson off mic before. Just this idea that you treat your people well and your business does really well. Do they provide naked picnic lunches for you? Mm. It's, you know, all about team building. Yeah. And employee engagement is very important and these people really understand it. So... Yeah, I love the idea that in Germany, you know, hey, everybody, it's lunchtime, noon, let's go walk to the park. And yeah. then they get to the park. Could you imagine? I mean, exposure therapy, I guess. <laughs> get over our prudishness. I think that it's a pretty cool idea to have companies value your time and make sure that you come back refreshed. And they have, studies have shown that productivity goes up if you don't overwork. Yes. In fact, um, we were talking about this at work today, actually. There's a study that says that any more than 40 hours a week, Mm -hmm. people become way less productive. I mean, the the whole idea that, you know, you're supposed to be on 24-7. Oh, yeah, I worked at a job. Did I tell you about this? It it was managing barbershops. And one of my coworkers was out on a date, and he was out on a date with a neurosurgeon. And the neurosurgeon did not have his cell phone on the table, but my coworker, who was a manager of a barbershop, had his phone out because our CEO expected him to answer any text at any time. And we were doing not neurosurgery. There's no reason for anything to happen at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night that your CEO has to contact you for that. I think there's a lot of expectation that you're available at all times and that your salary for some reason covers it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So so that part of it, you know, working in Germany would be better because at least you would feel you're appreciated. Yeah. And you know, another thing I'd like to bring back is those paid lunches, like nine to five, but you still get an hour and you go drink at lunch like Mad Men. Oh, like in Britain, they still do this. Great. Can we start doing that? Yeah, sure. I want to have a bar at my work. Let's do that when we open our company. All right. Another thing I want to point out is that the music used in this episode was Dietmar's. He produced it, created it, mixed it. Thank you, Dietmar. We love it. Gave us permission to use it. So yeah, it's awesome, right? Sounds right. kind of like Tangerine Dream. It's great. Yeah. It's yeah. really great. Yeah. So he's so a talented thank you. bastard. <laughs> he, he's a talented bastard. That's true. Well, Thank you for joining us, everyone. Hope you liked this episode. Please feel free to write us with your thoughts, questions, ideas. Uh, We're still looking for shows for our network. So if you've got one, submit it. We'll see you next week. And maybe we'll be talking about Aztecs. I would dig it so much. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Don't work too hard. Bye-bye.